What up, what up? Welcome to episode 100 of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Mike, sitting here with my boys, ready to talk a little wrestling, but more to celebrate that we finally made it to our, uh, is this a centennial episode? It is. 100? Yeah, so uh, this is pretty exciting. Uh, the boys and I started this around three years ago, it feels like, during COVID, just because we were, had a big, long text thread every day, basically, about what's going on in wrestling, and I was like, wouldn't it be easier to just sit down and talk? But here we are, with 100 uh, episodes under our belt, and it's been pretty awesome. A lot's happened since then, so let's introduce you to the fellow lads real quick before we get into the celebratory stuff and our special interview later steve grobe schmidt over in glendale are you keeping it regal tonight or what bro hey yo <laughs> hell yeah i am i had to go with Absolutely. the first i had to go with my original uh intro i was gonna say that yep. was a throwback already i did that for the first several timeless timeless and very thoughtful good to see you tonight steve and then also recently married man he's keeping it freshly squeezed he's getting pumped for his honeymoon mr matt michelson what up matt how are you hey guys it's episode 100 <laughs> ah, wow nice ladies. nice <laughs> awesome yeah, you always put in the work with your intros over the course of the year or the years that we've been doing intros. Matt's brought out the guitar. He's got another music queued up. He's done beatboxing, mouth trumpet, all kinds of stuff. It's a very I forgot about the mouth boy. trumpet. That's another throwback. That's a deep cut. I don't even know what episode that was. Yeah, you keep it freshly squeezed. I'm not lying. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> True that. All right. And he's uh, down in Bayview also. We got to introduce the man, the myth, the legend, my guide and guru. Oh, my God. Charlie Michael. What's up, Charlie? What's up? It's time. It's Vader time. That's all I got. <laughs> kind of Could enough. be mistaken. For, he was ahead of his time, basically, because that the Vader was the the scissors. At a very yo, early, yo, listen, <laughs> <laughs> Leon coming out rapping. Oh and my just god, that would everybody. have been priceless. <laughs> I bet Jr. would have been a little more respectful back then if Leon oh, was rapping. God, but no, that would be it. a cool. the The acclaim should work that in. Do the Vader V as their scissors? <laughs> <laughs> That's the double. It's the yeah. Oh, the big meaty, the big meaty scissors. So big meaty scissors, the crippler. <laughs> <laughs> scissor me vader <laughs> scissor me leon leon yeah tough cookie oh man so yeah boys quite the uh we recorded lots and lots of episodes it's not like every week you know we're not perfect we don't get you know paid big bucks to do this but man this has been fun uh like i said we've been doing this for about three years and i met charlie steve and matt 
uh, when I started a coffee cart business and I parked outside of the place where they worked, we talked about wrestling all individually, never really as a group, but over the years kind of brought the group together and uh, what we have now is Keep the Kayfabe. So we've done a lot since then. We've actually hung out and went to wrestling shows many times now. Went to each other's weddings, celebrations. It's good stuff. It's amazing what wrestling can do when you bring, how it can bring people together. So two, made a, two of made a lot great, of good friends. The two of the greatest things that the world has ever produced is coffee and pro wrestling. And that's why we're here <laughs> yeah. today. And somehow was, Mike was involved with both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I also ahead of my time. Just those I action mean, figures. I, I'd come get coffee from you, and then I'd say, like, you had this the Hulk, and maybe I can't remember who else. And then yeah. that, that started the conversation. I'm like, dude, you like wrestling? And then boom, the next thing you yeah. know, we're, we're talking it every time. And yeah. Well, that was a conscious decision because I was like, okay, I think a lot of this is going to have to do, like, we have to have some of these people like me. And not everybody liked me at that place, but the people that did. We had a really good time, and I was like, "Well, my I can talk hockey, I can talk music, I can talk whatever, but I can talk some wrestling." And you know, the wrestling crowd—it's so it runs so deep and so thick. That's the niche and the crowd that we attracted, and yeah, it's uh, it's been great. It's been amazing. So, yeah, I mean, we've done a lot of great things too since uh, we started. We did Crusher Fest. We interviewed Greg Gagne and Jim Brunzel. Yep. Almost Eric Bischoff Almost. Uh, at Crusher Fest. I'd like to believe to this day he's still wearing that shirt once in a while when he's not oh. when he's not ripping on AEW. Yeah, when he's <laughs> using his Planet Fitness membership, hopefully he's <laughs> repping the brand. Yeah. He for somebody who looks like he has like gotten a lot of wealth, he dresses kind of like a bum. But most rich people do sometimes. Yeah, he's like wearing like a. Yeah, he's uh, you know he lives on a ranch. Like obviously he's he's loaded, but I think he's like if I were to you know from listening to him for the years, I think he's pretty frugal. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, he's pretty set for life, and that's yeah why you know he doesn't doesn't gussy himself up. Yeah, he looked like he was wearing like a members only windbreaker when we saw him outside of Crusher Fest and it was right before we were going to interview uh the uh Greg Gagne and Jen Brunzel and Matt wanted to give one of our t-shirts. He ran over to him, gave one to Easy E. That took a lot of guts too. Just ran I, straight up to him. Yeah. Handed it to him. I mean, what what was going Did you black out, Matt, or what was going through <laughs> your mind? Well, you know, I look back on that moment to this day and there is a small part of me that finds a little fuzzy. I would say 50% of it. I couldn't tell you exactly what happened. But, yeah, it it was a gutsy move. I mean, I, I think back on it. But, you know, before meeting Eric Bischoff, I was – I don't know what the right word is. I was going to say fortunate enough, but I would just say coincidentally, I happened to meet CM Punk at a coffee shop here in <laughs> Milwaukee. Nice. Um, prior to his return to pro wrestling – uh, you know, and I didn't know what to say. And the story for those of our longtime listeners, you may have heard this, but essentially I'm standing there in the coffee shop. CM Punk is shopping around with AJ Lee looking for like a greeting card or something while they wait on their coffee. And I knew this was the only chance I would have. So I walked up to both of them and I said, Hey, I just want to tell you guys, you're both awesome. And without missing a beat, Punk just goes, Oh, thanks, man. You're pretty awesome too. And AJ Lee just <sighs> laughing. Um, but in that weird kind of laugh where it's almost like, ha, look at the mark. And uh, <laughs> my response was, 
to go, <laughs> okay, and then awkwardly walk away as fast as I could. So um, that was a complete disaster. So going up to Eric Bischoff on a street corner in South Milwaukee, offering him a free T-shirt, I figured was a much more low-risk situation. Yeah. Thanks. I bet CM Punk probably was like, that kid couldn't even manage this coffee shop. Yeah. And to be fair, he'd probably be right, but that's also irrelevant to me. So, (laughs) Coffee and wrestling again, running another crazy parallel right there. That is true. Hey, check it out. Wow. There's layers to this story. Definitely. You should um, threaten to kick his ass like Bobby Fish. <laughs> I could. I could. I just tell him, yeah, he may know pro wrestling, but I know video games. So, you know, you want to challenge me to a game of Excite Bike or Duck Hunt? Yeah, we'll see who the real champ champ is. I'm, I'm surprised your mom didn't say that in her speech for you at your wedding. She didn't mention that. Yeah, well, she did mention I'm very into computers and things like that. Yeah. So, so for those of our listeners out there, my uh, my mom's speech at my wedding was really lovely. Um, she it was went on for a bit. And I wasn't all... I wasn't trying to make fun or anything. That was very cool. I, she's just very proud of you. She is. She is. Um, it was sort of like a a resume though that was being read aloud more than a speech. I think. Um, <laughs> which was nice, but you know, it, it's your mom. She's proud of you. Definitely. I was very close to doing the what chant for her, but she was just so damn sweet and nice. Yeah, Gino. that definitely would have killed the whole vibe of the wedding. I'm, I really appreciate you <laughs> not doing that. I mean, it was enough that you guys gave me a what chant. I, I think I handled yeah. it well, though. Yeah, you could do it. You could do it. Oh, man. Yeah, good times, good times. Yeah, that was the most recent one, but, you know, probably one of my other favorite times with you guys uh, was going down to All Out. It was the first wrestling oh, show we all saw yes. together. And it was basically like the best pay-per-view pretty much ever uh, when it all went down in 2021 I think as I'd, it's regarded. I think I would rank that still as my all-time favorite pay-per-view. Yeah, he's still up there. I agree, too. Adam um, Cole, Brian Danielson all on the same night. Man, Ruby Soho. Ruby Soho. That was such a badass show. Every match well, had some sort of massive debut, like Minoru Suzuki came out that night. Yeah. Um, and every match on the card, I think it was a 10-match card, but every Paul match White. was phenomenal, including Paul White. Paul White. Marshall. Yeah, I was just going to say, even that match, three minutes, and it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, and Charlie, you went to uh, the Forbidden Door. What was the, or no, the Chicago Windy City Riot? Yeah. Well, how did that compare, you think, to All Out 2021 to that um, one? Because you said that was probably one of the best you've seen. It's a great show, but it's nothing on that level. It was a great, really? it was a great show. Yeah, it's nothing on that level. Not even close. It was just that good. was special. Yeah. Enter- yeah, entertaining show. Yeah, there's nothing. You'd have to go to some old school WrestleMania to probably top that show. You know. Definitely, there was there was a moment for our listeners out there. I mean, you probably know by now, but Charlie does a very good job telling it like it is. And that night at All Out 2021, when we were watching the Lucha Bros win the titles from the Young Bucks in that cage match, the match mm-hmm. ends, the Lucha Bros music ends, and everybody's just on their feet, going crazy. And I just happened to glance over at Charlie, and he's just smiling as big as you can imagine, just nodding, ah. looking at me like, "Yep." That's that's a wrestling. We so, just witnessed greatness right there. We, yeah. Yep. He he didn't even have to say a word, but you knew exactly what we were thinking. Yep. Tore it up. 
The greatest so part good. of that match, too, was the intro because the Lucha Bros came out first and the crowd was so... I'd never heard a crowd be on a a, a team side louder than that ever. You yeah, couldn't even hear the them. Young Bucks. You couldn't hear the Young Bucks music when they were introduced. Everybody was still chanting Lucha Bros, and they were like on the cage, like rattling it. And nobody, I mean, nobody was sitting down. Everybody was up. That no. was that was pretty much the match, the greatest match I've ever witnessed live for sure, hands down. I would agree. So, mm-hmm. not a dry eye in the house. Nope. <laughs> yeah, and you uh, won King Booker after that, Matt. You almost picked a perfect card. We still, after all yeah. of our prediction shows, we are still in search for booking the perfect card for all the AEW pay-per-views. Uh, if you haven't listened to any of those episodes, the prediction shows, they're pretty fun. We get to see who is King Booker. We go head-to-head with our picks, so check those out. Last week, we had a little technical issue. I think I screwed up something in the editing, and I couldn't. So if you uh, were listening to that one, and there were some parts where that didn't make sense, where we were conversating who about comments and you couldn't hear the person actually talking that's my fault just been a busy dad and everything in between so sorry about that but all the other ones should be tip tap so yeah so we got a really really fun interview coming up too i can't think of a better guy to have on for our 100th episode guest it's a good friend of the show and local star wrestling star his name is baxter belafonte we're gonna get to that real soon here but before we do i just want to say thank you to all who have supported us from the very beginning uh we've done a lot of fun stuff it's been great we love hearing your comments we love getting your promos of the week continue to share us on spotify itunes and google podcasts check us out on instagram facebook at keep the kayfabe and shoot us a note at keep the kayfabe 414 at gmail.com so Boys, congrats on 100 episodes. Let's have some fun and check out Baxter Belafonte. Here we go. We are very excited to welcome back our next guest this evening. He has wrestled on Milwaukee promotions such as Brew City Wrestling, Insane Championship Wrestling, Legacy Pro Wrestling, All Heel Wrestling, and major indie promotion Ring of Honor. He has also attended seminars with WWE executive Adam Pierce and living legends Kevin Sullivan and Jimmy Hart. He has also lifted the title of the Bruce City Wrestling Heritage Champion, as well as Bruce City Wrestling Heavyweight Co-Champion. Please welcome back to the show, Baxter Belafonte. Baxter, what is up, guy? Welcome back. How are you, bro? Gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Awesome. So happy to have you back. Just as awesome as a year and a half ago, which a lot's happened since then. Oh my goodness. Let's we'll get into it, I'm sure. Definitely. So yeah, how's uh how's life? You know, I know you're a busy dad and uh yeah. you're kicking ass in the ring inside and out. How's everything? How's life? Life is good, man. It comes at you fast and it's uh it's a blessing, truly. So especially with wrestling involved. So thank you for having me back. I did bring you guys a gift. What? It's uh, it's wrapped a in gift. a nice box I found in my basement. Nice. And um, and I closed the tabs, and um, there you go. There's no card. What? But, wow. Uh, there's oh, a gift okay. for you there. Feel we, free to open it whenever you want. We won't hold it against you with the card. Should I do the uh, honors? You probably should. It, yeah, Mike, if you want to do the I'll honors put- and tell our listeners what exactly we're dealing with here. Oh baby, I'm already liking what I see here. Mmm. 
We got oh, two we, white claws. Two white claws. Mm. Yep. Same flavor. Ruby grapefruit. It's a good choice. It looks like we got Always. some. There's a reason for that. Oh my god. Is it? Could it be? Oh, this is so cool. Yep. So since this is not a video podcast, for our listeners out there, uh, a luxurious Baxter Belafonte White Claw signature T-shirt. Mm. That is tight. Let's see what we well, got. hopefully not too tight because we got to wear these. Well, now. yeah, I didn't know your guys' sizes, Ooh. so uh, you might have to play around with it. Oh, and a shirt with Baxter's face on it. I'm I'm claiming this one. This one. Yeah. Mike and I might have to have a little. Uh, match after the show to decide who goes home with what. <laughs> oh, the blaze orange. Yeah, these True. tees are awesome. Dude, thank you so much, man. Oh, yeah, this yeah, this awesome. is awesome, man. Thanks for having me. The white one actually has a little uh, spelling error on it, but oh. it's still one of my favorite logos. But that, so People pay that. good money for botched uh, wrestling tees, too. Hey, Hundreds great at botches, so there you go. <laughs> Probably worth more because of that. Dude, this is awesome. Thank you, man. <laughs> Super cool. Awesome. Thanks for having me, boys. Well, yeah. should we uh, We should open up these White Claws. I think it's only appropriate to have one of the luxurious ones. Here comes uh, the Irish Crickets. Love the sound of that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Cheers, bro. Cheers. All right. Thanks for the sweet teas. Oh, Dude, my goodness. Thank you, man. So where can you uh, buy these teas if fans wanted to? Um, I don't have them on... Pro wrestling tees or anything. Um, basically, you just have to buy them in person um, at a show that I'm at. So they're always available in when person I'm at the show. Yep, in person. Nice. Gotcha. So speaking of which, w- what are you working up towards next now? So last time we uh, talked to you, you were with the luxurious ones, but you're actually on your own now. You're you're solo. How's that working out? And what are you working on? Yeah, we haven't talked in a year and a half, have we? No, it's been a minute. <laughs> a lot's happened in that time. Um, again, for those who don't know, I was part of a fantastic trio. We were known as the Luxurious Ones, made up of myself, um, the marvelous Ethan Matthews, and the Ace of Diamonds, Mav Boone. Uh, we have since uh, disbanded. I don't know whose fault it was. It depends on who you ask. Um, but yeah, uh Currently, Mav Boone is retired. Mm. Um, oh, wow. I just wrestled Ethan Matthews three days ago, kind of our <sighs> blow-off match. Still sore from that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess we're both kind of doing our solo thing. I, I'm i curious to see what's next and uh, excited, to be honest. Awesome. That's crazy. So, so, yeah, so to get back to the beginning of how all this started and kind of talk through the events. So, last time we saw you, you were about to go into the ring with Mav in a two-on-one handicap match for the Bruce City Wrestling Heavyweight title. So I guess starting at that point, you guys that night when we saw you became the co-heavyweight champion. That's right. Yes. And so what, I guess what happened after that? What led up to the fall of the luxurious ones? We were together for a long time. I mean, we when we first started um, you know, training and getting into wrestling, we, we always wanted to be a tag team. And then when it finally happened and we finally um, won the heavyweight title, we were sharing the, the heavyweight title. Um, we, we defeated Gunnar Wicks, and that was a hard-hitting, uh, fantastic matchup. Yeah, we were actually there. You guys were there. Yeah, yeah. Matt, we're in attendance because I had to see it. I've heard nothing but amazing things about Gunnar Wicks. I, I, I think I saw him once before, but I'm like, oh, when well, my boys are going up against Gunnar. And I'm like, there's no way that Bruce City Wrestling will put the heavyweight championship on a tag team. I mean, I know it's going to be a great match. Me and Matt were there. Yep. 
but like 30 seconds like towards the end of the match, I started like elbowing Matt. And I was like, I don't know if they're going to, they might do this. I, I was like, yep, yeah, I think it might happen. And <laughs> lo and behold, it did. Dude, that's, uh, I mean, definitely the highlight of my career. The biggest title I've won for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the little asterisk on that, because a lot of uh, fans were bitching about like, we're not heavyweights, right? We're not. We're, we were at the time a buck seventy a piece, but collectively, exactly, <laughs> we were heavier than Gunner. You yeah, know, heavyweight. So uh, uh, that's that's that was great. Really, it was a. I probably cried a little bit, you know, of tears of joy, and and it was great. I was too. Yeah. I mean, not because I mean we we're we're, we're friends, but like I was. I mean, I really enjoyed that Tay group. You guys worked so well together. It was great. And when you got that moment, I mean, yeah, I got a little emotional myself. You guys put on an amazing show. Thank you. Thank you. We uh, we definitely tried. And you, uh, you're wrestling with uh, all heel wrestling now, right? Yeah. Just um, recently. Recently, yeah. Um, they've been great. Um, you know, they, they're a newer promotion in the last year or two, and uh, they've treated us great. They, they communicate well, and um, it's really fun. Their shows have been really fun. They give us, you know, kind of creative control, if you will, mm-hmm. because they trust us to do um, what we need to do to put on the best show we can. Awesome. Um, but you mentioned the fallout before, Matt. Um, you know, we were co-heavyweight champs for a couple months, and uh, we were on top of the world. And, uh, you know, in my opinion... An unexpected turn is one of the best things in wrestling. It, it brings an emotion, and, uh, you know, there's other reasons that it happened. But I think um, where my mindset was at that time with some issues and, you know, anywhere between six and nine claws in my body, I was thinking, uh, you know, if if Mav wins the heavyweight title or, or retains the heavyweight title against Gunner, I have a best chance to win the title from Mav and become the solo heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. So at the time I was thinking that, um, and then of course I blame him for losing the title, and that's where some of the um, friction comes in still today. But uh, I think that's where my mindset was at with the uh, the turning, if you will. It's crazy how White Claws led to your rise, but also to the downfall of the group as well. <laughs> yeah, that's like a life lesson right there. Mm. You know, I'll drink to that. They'll take you down as fast as they bring you up. Man. Especially in the summertime. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you hydrate. Where's my water bottle? Yeah. yeah, we don't. We're not even sponsored by White Claw, but we should, I think. <laughs> I tried, by the way. I shouldn't even shout out, but they said uh, they're not looking for sponsorships right now. Mm-hmm. Their loss. Yeah, I'm not tied to them. I, I brought other brands and, you know. Gotcha. Well, we're super excited to um, uh, see what you do on your own. We're keeping a close eye on what's coming up with you. And uh, we're going to actually get a little bit more info about that classic match that uh, Matt and I were talking about just a second ago against Gunner Wicks. But we want to hear some more fun stuff that we didn't get to last time Baxter was on the show. Uh, we were kind of stretched for time, but uh, we 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 got to hear some of the stuff that makes indie wrestling so fun, like when you go on the road or, I mean, whatever you might be able to share, we'd love to hear. I mean, has anybody, I mean, like, give us the good stuff, Bax. You got something good for us, man? <sighs> 
in general, it's um, late nights, little sleep, and a lot of time in the car. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that's a very general answer, but um, it's the stupid stuff that you, you think and say and the stuff that happens after hours that just, those are the best memories, mm-hmm. you know, um, whether it's the the drinking and the extracurriculars, um, it's just a lot of laughs and a lot of memories. And sometimes those are more fun than even some of the matches. For or you, sure. you talk about the botches you did or the... Um, awfulness that you were it's just hilarious um if if i could think specifically um you know loading up a car of six dudes at uh, eight in the morning to minnesota we were going to a show i the federation escapes me i'm sorry but um you know it's a six hour drive we do the show um, I think we were all hung over from Friday night. We had a BCW show. Mm-hmm. Get up at like eight, do the sh- drive to Minnesota, do the show, three hours, go to the bars afterwards, and then start driving home at like nine p.m. back to Milwaukee that night. Yeah. yeah. Now, now we had a DD, a designated driver. Okay. But some of us wanted to go to the bar and the after bar, and you know, get some free drinks and. Just, uh, yeah, it's long, long nights. Wow. Yeah. So what happened at, what happened at the bar? Oh, just stupidity. Um, Did just, you clean them out of White Claw? Or? <laughs> I probably tried. <laughs> um, you know, just trying to, you know, not me, but some guys are trying to, like, talk to girls and some of the single younger dudes, or they're trying to... Um, you know, some of the people that were at the show were there, so they want autographs or they want to talk about the match. And um, it, it just gets, uh, how can I say this, hilarity ensues. So, um, you know, somebody gets too drunk and falls off their bar, bar stool. Mm-hmm. Um, some drunk fan wants to fight one of the heels because they were so good at their job that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that they think they could take them or whatever. So, uh it's a little stuff like that. I can see that. I wanted to punch you in the face last time we talked to you, but we've come a long <laughs> way since then. We have. We have. I must have done my job then. <laughs> you, you, you were very convincing. <laughs> Definitely. So uh, you mentioned being hungover. Have you ever like wrestled somebody that was so hungover, like where you're, you know, this is an important match to you. It's like, you know, well booked, but you're wrestling somebody who's like obviously off their game. Does that happen a lot? <sighs> or to you personally, or you, have you observed it? I've probably been the one in that case. <laughs> so yes, <laughs> but I, I will promise you that when I go through the curtain, you're you're going to get a hundred percent every time out of me. Right. Um, you know, I've I've definitely been hungover, especially when you work three day weekends, Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday shows. Um, with some of the late nights, um, I've been hungover, but. You give it all you got at all times because that's what we're in this for. Right. You know, um, I've probably, um, I don't think I've done anything too stupid when I was hungover in a match, but definitely like got a really tired about four minutes in or um, just before the match. I was like, oh, I made the wrong decision last night. <laughs> Milk was a bad choice. <laughs> there we go. Claws were a bad choice. Yeah. But, um, I don't think I've ever had to wrestle someone that was so hungover that they couldn't perform mm-hmm. i don't believe so well that's good yeah 
Nice. So, what about what about? I, I guess I'm a little interest curious. I guess mm-hmm. you know you're, you're you're putting some hands on you, you're guys. You're wrestling around. You're you're getting sweaty. What about some of these times when you're you're trying to pin somebody and they pull somebody's legs up and it just smells like straight duck sauce? <laughs> or you, like does that happen a lot too? <sighs> Is there like an it etiquette does. like, bro, you need to put on some gold bond? We've Dude. talked about this. Have there ever been an intervention backstage about people's hygiene that are in the business? Absolutely. And I don't know what would prompted you to think of this, but there's... <laughs> I don't either. There's certain guys in the... And this is a real thing. Mm-hmm. There's certain guys in the business that I... And I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus, but right. there's certain people that don't respect the hygiene etiquette of the business. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of guys come from work or they, you know, comes from work for, straight from the show... Um, and maybe like, this is not anybody specific, but maybe they work at fast food and they come straight and they smell like fried food and they're sweating and they're whatever. But if I'm going to be literally touching you for 10, 20 minutes and you stank, I'm mm-hmm. not going to be very happy. So, uh, there's definitely people out there need to, uh, check their hygiene before they, uh, before they go through that curtain. Okay. I just had to ask cause it, I mean... I remember being at like a show one time and you know how people bring, you know, hold their hands up. They're holding up a belt. Even when they <laughs> yeah. walk past me and I'm maybe like three or four rows off the rail, I can smell their BO yep. hitting me in the face like a Jim Duggan two by four. So <laughs> yeah. I only got to imagine what it is like to actually be in such close proximity. So yeah. yeah. And, and uh, there's a lot of sweat involved and, and, you know, we're literally touching each other like, the high thigh and the armpit, like you mentioned, like, all right, Dollar Tree exists. They have knockoff Febreze and knockoff Old Spice, and uh, it ain't that hard to buy and apply. Gotcha. <laughs> so since we're on the topic, um, we were talking a little bit before we started recording, and you had mentioned a couple situations possibly in the past where someone either shit themselves or puked in the ring and... I mean, I realize this is a little extreme, but hell, we're already there, so why not keep going with it? Was there a time where either during the show or right after a match, this actually happened? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so so how did this like how did this all transpire? So one let me think. Somebody that I wrestled it was like a six-way. I'm, again, I'm not going to mention who it is. It's just not where I'm going to go this time. But somebody that I was wrestling, um, they had the urge to vomit during the match. And luckily, I think it was a six-man tag, or maybe it was just a standard tag. And then all of a sudden, they had to tag out. And I don't even remember if they were my partner or if I was against them. This was a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, um, the guy was under the ring. And we're like, what's going on? Like, um, it's supposed to be, you know, this guy is supposed to be coming in soon to do something, and then he was gone. And those are the times in wrestling where um, you have to adjust to the unexpected and, uh, you know, save the match and continue to entertain. Um, As far as someone shitting themselves, I don't have a story about someone shitting themselves. There's someone out there that... I think you guys would like to talk to that has done that. Mm. Um, I've more so dealt with the hygiene thing, um, where you're mid-match and you're like, God, 
what, is that me? Like you, you're kind of playing with the crowd, and you're like, ah, it's not me. So something stinks. But uh, <laughs> um, I have almost vomited in a match. Yeah. And this will tie our last two questions together. Um, it was a three-day weekend stint, and I can I can pitch this up in Portage County, Wisconsin. Mm. Um, we go up Friday night, and it's a all-weekend fair. And um, we have a show Friday night, two shows Saturday, and then a show Sunday morning. Friday night, um, we get there. We're in the hotel. We're all swimming in the pool, drinking. And um, the next morning, we got to be at the we got ring set up at like 10 a.m. because the show's at noon or 1 or something. And it's super hot. It's in the middle of summer. And um, I'm really dehydrated, parched, if you will. Mm-hmm. And um, the person I'm wrestling, um, and I remember it was... Um, the demented Chucky Bates, mm. him and I were wrestling, and he puts me in this chokehold, <laughs> and I was already short of breath, dehydrated, thirsty, and I so like I don't eat much show day. I'll usually have like bananas and water because I just mm-hmm. I get nervous and I just don't want a full belly and I want the abs to look good. If I'm being honest, oh yeah, got it. So. Uh, so he puts me in this chokehold, and I start, like, breathing heavy. <gasps> and then um, since I didn't eat much, I start kind of dry heaving. Mm-hmm. And you can edit this out if you have to, but I was like, <laughs> And he kind of laughs, like, oh, that's pretty good. You're, like, selling my choke. Yeah. But I'm like, <laughs> like, dude, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And then we broke away, and I'm like, you know, fuck, I got to get my shit together here and uh that was the only time i was close to really embarrassing myself outside of my own wrestling ability wow (laughs) well well thankfully it didn't happen um correct and on that note let's switch gears here a little bit please we're we're really getting into the weeds of this so um earlier mike you mentioned uh all heels wrestling ahw Baxter, you said you had a match with them recently or started wrestling with them recently. Talk to us a little bit about that. I guess, what is the, is there a difference in the dynamic between AHW and BCW? Yeah, so HW is a, a newer fed um, and uh, quite frankly, a lot younger. BCW is run by Frankie DeFalco, you know, from the business, years and years of, of experience. Um, and um, I mean, both are great in their own way, and and every company is like this. They mm-hmm. they run it the way that they see fit um, for their crowd, and that's great. Um, and I think I mentioned before creative control, but um, you know Frank trusts his veterans, and I'm I'm only in for five years. I'm not a, a veteran, but he I like to think he trusts me enough to not embarrass his company you're sure. seasoned ish you know there's people that have been in for 40 50 years that are seasoned yeah mm-hmm. um but uh you know ahw was great they they like i said they treated me well and welcomed me with open arms um the booking kind of happened on a whim on on social media um but, but like i said they they talked to me, they communicated with me and said, you know, this is what we want, but they also let us put in input. So actually, you know, I think of it, they are pretty similar besides the experience of the booking, but they both let me and my opponent um, do what we thought was best to um, put on the best show we thought possible. Awesome. Yeah. 
and so heels wrestling. So is it just like all bad guys, no faces? Um, it's tough to do that. Right. Um, that's the idea, obviously, in the name. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it's tough to do. Heel heel versus heel wrestling is tough to do, as you guys probably know. Mm-hmm. So I think. When I was there, we we made sure to establish um, one was more heel than the other. Right. I mean, I think like the longer you watch wrestling, I think you you kind of gravitate more to the heels because they are just more fun. I mean, that's why uh, the luxurious ones were so funny because they were just dickheads. Yeah. You guys were literally just dickheads, like teabagging people with the belt and, you know, just... It was so funny. So, I mean, it's like a funny jokester heel, but then there might be scary heels. So, I mean, it's a really interesting concept. I guess that's why we're asked. It has to be done right, is what you're trying to say? Yeah, absolutely. Um, to make it work. And it's funny you say that because wrestling has evolved so much. There's now different kinds of heels. Mm-hmm. It used to be just heels being a jerk and getting heat and um, beating up on a baby face to make the crowd upset. And I I came into wrestling when I finally established what I wanted to be as a heel, because me personally, it is more fun to be a heel. Um, I wanted to be a non-traditional heel. I wanted to be, I wanted to be and do things that I knew people would not like. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> I hope so. And and the White Claw thing, I mean, for those who don't know that might be listening, Milwaukee is a huge beer town. And I thought, what was the biggest thing that would get a beer town to hate me is the, you know, the most recognizable seltzer mm-hmm. that, you know, that the city might hate. So... Um, I went with that, and it's evolved over time, and um, it's just been great. It's been great. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so talking a little bit more about AHW. So recently, um, you had a match in AHW with uh, current AHW heavyweight champion Gunnar Wicks. Yep. Talk to us a little bit. Like, how did that match come about? Obviously, you have history with Gunnar from yep. your time in the luxurious ones. Now, as part of this solo run. You guys had a match where there were other items involved besides obviously you guys wrestling each other. Talk to us a little bit about how the match came became a thing and how it got to this point. Yeah, that's a that's a great story actually. So um, unfortunately, uh, when I lost, I slash we lost the BCW Heavyweight Championship. Um, AHW was pushing their current heavyweight champion Gunnar Wicks and like. Who's going to challenge him? He's been, you know, beating everyone that steps up to the plate. And I just happened to respond saying, like, you know, Gunner and I have history. I would love another chance to uh, prove myself. And, you know, I'm, I'm worthy of gold, heavyweight gold, um, even as a solo performer. So um, they actually responded to my tweets after some persistence. And uh, they're like, do you want to challenge him? for the gold and I was like absolutely like <laughs> tell me what it is and you know I felt deserving and a little salty from losing the title that I, I wanted to be there so um, we ended up having that match and um, they were like well we want to have a stipulation and uh, I was like okay that sounds great because 
I love creative wrestling. I love um, not so much deathmatch wrestling, but um, you know, weapons wrestling. I grew up a big hardcore title fan. Oh yeah. Um, you know, the mankind, the hardcore Holly days, and uh, stuff like that. I loved so. Um, when they first pitched the match, they were like, well, let's do a, a two out of three falls match. And I personally don't like those because, one, uh, they're always too long for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, they're always predictable. Exactly. Um, it's going to come down to the wire, mm-hmm. and there's going to be a three count after the timer runs out. And it, it's just not for me. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a long time to wrestle, and it's a long time to keep fans I- involved and um, well, say, interested. And it kind of challenges the the audience's intelligence too, because you know it's someone's gonna have their fall, then it's gonna be that the other person's fall. Nobody wins a best out of two, three falls, two in a row without the third fall. I, I, exactly. I don't even remember ever seeing one. So, and it's it's a lot of uh, and and I was trained this way. It's a lot of unnecessary movement. Mm-hmm. And a lot of just like filler time, right? And yeah. I, I I hope to not be burying those matches. It's just me personally; I don't like them. Sure. sure. Um, so then um, the H A H W management, who is run by some great great people, and I I should have wrote them down because there's like seven people that are involved. Maybe not seven, but like a lot of people that are involved, and and they're great people, and they collectively made the right choice. Shout out to HW. Yeah, shout out. And I I know a few of their names, but I don't want to forget any, so I'm not going to say any. Right. Um, so what they came up with was a two out of three tables and doors match. Now we're talking. <laughs> now we're talking. This is new. Yes. So, and that was new to me, too. And um, at the time, I had never gone through a table in my career either, four years in. So I was interested and... Um, one of the, the bookers said that um, their son, who I, I don't even know how old he is, I think he's a teenager, um, came up with the two out of three tables and doors match. And I was like, that sounds awesome. Like, let's do something different. That's that's what I'm in wrestling for. Let's do something to keep fans intrigued and interested. So um, it, was, it was and still is one of my favorite matches. And um, it, it is on YouTube currently um, on the wrestling page here's a plug it's uh will pro wrestling um it's a match that uh, is is one of my favorites it's by no means perfect but it's it was so fun and uh, uh i won't spoil the ending but it was very fun awesome. go watch it for sure we'll for those of our listeners who are checking this out and wondering where to watch it we'll get a link from baxter to the youtube video after this and make sure to post it on the channel so if you are interested in going and checking it out it'll be available so, Bax, earlier uh, when we first started recording, we were talking a little bit about uh, you and Mav winning the BCW championship as co-champions for the first time ever. Yep. The finish to that match was really unique. Um, there was a lot going on. Walk us through that finish and like, how do you remember it all going down and how did it come about? <sighs> yeah, so obviously Gunner's a larger opponent than both of us, probably combined. So uh, we knew that we had to hit him with a lot, and we knew it was going to take um, some shenanigans to bring him down. So at the time, um, you know, the luxurious one ones were three people, and we had Ethan Matthews at ringside with us, and at the time he was the Heritage Champion. So um, we wanted to be 
I don't know, the uh, Caucasian bloodline and just, uh, you know, have all the titles. Um, so the finish, um, like I said, we were, we were trying to beat him down two-on-one as best as we could. And then uh, at the end, we had a little help from our bro. Um, he tossed Mav the, uh, the Heritage title. Mav clocked Gunner with the, the title. Um, and, then, um, and then he hit him with a super kick, which was one of his, his greater moves. And then Gunner looked over to me, and I was ready for the, the top rope blockbuster, which I've loved using for quite a while. And then uh, we went to, to pin him ourselves, and we could feel that he was going to be a problem about to be kicking out. So um, I mentioned shenanigans. We, we may have used a one, one or two shenanigans to uh, make sure that that three count happened. So all that matters for that is... Um, Gunnar Wicks lost the heavyweight championships, and and um, Mavin Bax won the heavyweight championship. That's all I got to say about that. I, is that Gunnar Wicks? Return guest? Former favorite? Ho, 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 fan ho, ho, favorite? Hey, hey, the cave hey, 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 hey. Maybe he remembers it's something different. Gunnar. Hey, hey, buddy. I don't know if I remember it being much different, but it definitely did take three of them to beat me. Mm, that is true. Mm-hmm. And what happened when we faced each other one-on-one at AHW? Well, you know, we're not talking about that right now. <laughs> yeah, of we can. Of course. <laughs> we can. Let's, let's talk about it. Well, after we won the heavyweight title, we had it for like, I don't know, 10, 12 years. And then you didn't <laughs> 10, get 10, 12 it, weeks. You didn't mean. get it back. <laughs> I was uh, drinking a lot of claws at that time. So, you know, time is... Is not really knowing what it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, what uh, happened at AHW? I mean, th- this was the the door match. This yeah, this is the tables and door match. It's two out of three. Whoever whoever went through uh, two tables or doors um, lost that match and did not win or retain the title. So, and who is that? <laughs> Unfortunately. Due to some Gunnar Wick shenanigans, uh, Baxter Belafonte did not win that match. <clears throat> and uh, what shenanigans were those? You know, did uh, it involve like two or three other people, or was it just myself? It was just just un- uh, You know, uneven strength and of uh, course and talent. Yeah, well, that's mm-hmm. you know, my talent hasn't caught up to inflation yet. So <laughs> uh, that was you know, I I was close though. I mean, I got the first table. I put you through that first table because your big ass fell off the apron. And, um, you know, maybe for the first time in my life I got a little cocky. Um, but I, I I almost won. So those listening can tell I almost won. Almost. Almost doesn't get the title. So, nope. yeah, damn it. Gotcha. So, folks, if you haven't heard... Uh, Gunner Wick's episode. Go back to our last one. Check his out. It was absolutely phenomenal. We got to talk about BCW Heavyweight Championship. Went to a luxurious one, but actually Gunner Wick's got back the title, and that was maybe the disbandment of the luxurious ones too entirely. Uh, was yeah, you, were you the one that got took, back the title that <laughs> took them down single handedly? I was, and uh, if they were smart, they would have stayed together because obviously one of them cannot get it done against me. It takes <laughs> at least two or three. But, uh, 
yeah, that was, I remember that being a really fun match. And unfortunately, Baxter walked out in the middle of it. Yeah. And, and to add insult to injury, I think the stipulation was Mav Boone had to retire if they lost that match, too. Was that correct? Yep, I retired Mav Boone. It's in, really one of the highlights of my career. In more ways than <laughs> one, too. I mean, I, I actually witnessed this match in person, and Gunner put Mav through four steel chairs. I mean, these aren't these Ikea chairs that you're nope. getting. Uh, I mean, these were like, you know, from the 1980s that you would w- see in a high school gym for your uh, Christmas concert that all the grandmas and grandpas are sitting on. That looked mm-hmm. like it really hurt. I saw him oh, really sure laboring after that. You really gave yep. him the business. It hurt grandma's back, but not nearly as much as Mav's. Most definitely. If I remember right, he was the one that set those chairs up. Yeah. And then I think <laughs> yes he did. I think he went on the merch table to like yes he did jump on me and put me through them or something. Yeah. And I just grabbed him in like a power bomb position and right before I let go I was, I knew it was going to suck and I felt a little <laughs> sorry but not sorry enough to let him down. You you yeah you uh you punished him for sure. You gave him basically his walking papers that night and we're going to have to post that to uh, this episode too, because I have the video of it. It there's no interference. I think I I, th- I know I sent it over to Bax, maybe to show to you guys, but it was great. It was glorious. So you did, and uh, you did send it to me, and I know that at that time I had already walked out on Mav. Um, if you look, uh, watch the power bomb like nine times, because if you look <laughs> at the other wrestlers standing behind merch, you mm-hmm. see uh, CJ Cole and Sierra like yeah. covering their eyes yep. because it was so brutal. It was so brutal. It was. I mean, no, he probably had to retire after that anyways because yeah. it was crazy. Yeah, I didn't even really. I I don't think I could have stuck in around for after uh, after drinks after that, and I didn't really want to because I didn't really want to talk to the guy and kind of sugarcoat like, yeah, you did good, but he got pretty destroyed. And speaking of Mav, he actually um, I texted him because I knew Baxter was coming on the show. He told me about this time to ask you about when you missed the bus. Was this in uh, <laughs> Minnesota or where was this? No, this was in. Uh... I think Platteville, Wisconsin. I think it was Green County, the Green County Fair. Yes, yeah, it was. Not, I was there. Right? Yeah. So we were. Um, was it a two night thing? Because we were in a hotel, or it was going to be late. I don't know why we were in a hotel. I think we only wrestled one show, but it was late, so we stayed in the hotel. Yeah, I think we just wanted to have a. Then maybe we had a show somewhere else the next day. Maybe something like that. Yeah. So, anyways. Um, yeah, um, you know, we're, we're gathering up the, the van. Everyone's getting in the van to go to the show. And honestly, I forgot my phone. Like, I needed to have my phone. And I'm like, hey, guys, I'll be right back. I'm going to go get my phone. Couldn't fucking find it. Yikes. And I finally found it. And um, I'm running out, and the the van is down the street. And I'm, like, waving and, like, <laughs> calling, like you see in the movies, like, mm-hmm. waving my arms. And I missed the fucking bus to the show. And it was probably like 20 minutes away. Uh-oh. So I'm like, shit. Now that I remember that, I remember being in the bus <laughs> and seeing you outside the window. And I was just laughing, thinking like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> and it did. And you didn't, ta- you didn't say anybody like, oh, that's no. Baxter back there. Maybe we should stop. 
This was like when I very first started wrestling. I don't think yes. I had a match on the show. It's just in like the Royal at the end. Oh. Yeah, that was early, yeah. wasn't it? Oh. oh my god! So this guy wasn't putting you over, so you're not going to no. help him out unless he's no. putting you over. You're just you know keeping your head down, being a exactly good, yep. good team member oh, for god. the people that actually made the bus. Yeah. So so yeah, not my fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like freaking out, like calling everybody. They're not answering. And then um, I call someone who I I thought might have driven himself because he he lives the other opposite he lives the other direction and he usually doesn't take the bus so it's Doc Simmons, um, the goat, which is the greatest heavyweight of all time, Doc mm-hmm. Simmons. Mm-hmm. But we knew I knew he was there, but I was like maybe he drove himself. And then uh, I I call him and he answers. He's like, yeah, I I actually also did not make the bus. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, not because he was looking for his phone, he just might have been a little toasty. Okay, most likely. Yeah, he was listening to Cypress Hill that day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so he comes and picks me up, and uh, we get to the show. We're like we're we're like in the uh, in the dumps because we're late. We know that uh, BCW Booker Frank is mad at us. We're like God. You know, probably gonna get like a five-minute match because we're just we fucked up, okay? Mm-hmm. And then for whatever reason, I'll never know unless they tell us. They they changed the whole card, and all of a sudden, um, it's gonna be me against Doc in the main event. And we're like, this is not what it was supposed to be. What a reward for being late, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we thought maybe the whole time they were fucking with us or like. Maybe they're going to run in on us and beat our asses for teaching us a lesson. And um, before the, the match, they tell us in the RV, and they the Green County Fair set us up with this amazing RV. It was like a – it's probably better than my house right now. Oh, man. <laughs> I love a good RV. It was super <laughs> nice. They called it a trailer. They're like, oh, you guys are in the trailer. And I walked up to it and I'm like, this is an R – like, this is a yeah. really nice trailer. Yeah, this ain't no eight mile trailer. Right, this thing was like <laughs> the uh, rabbit trailer, luxurious, if you will. There you go. Oh, well. So um, they tell us we're the main event, and then they tell me, um, you know, you're going to be the baby face in this match, and Doc is going to be the heel. And at the time, I had never been a baby face in a match or at a show ever. So I thought maybe this is how they're trolling me. Like you don't know what you're doing. You're just a a heel that knows how to make people hate you. And it, it probably was the intention. I, I really don't know. Um, and then um, we end up having a really great match, probably because shout out to Doc. Like, he is really, really smart with uh, wrestling psychology, and, like, he he knows his size. He's like, Doc, I'm sorry. I don't know. You're, like, five foot negative seven. But um, <laughs> he, he's, like, five foot two, probably. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Is Doc the? No, I'm. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> he no, can beat my ass. He's not Hold here. On. He's not here. But Doc, if you want to come on, you're totally welcome. <laughs> Studio's open. Obviously. Yeah, he's probably like five foot two, five foot three, and I'm like six two, six three, six four with you know, wrestling shoes or boots on. Right. So we go out and um, I'm winging it as a ba- my first time babyface, and um, I. I, it ends up working in the city. I, I claimed that I was uh, hailing from Platteville University, and that seemed to work. 
and uh <laughs> weren't you super american that day oh well? yeah that's why you were a big baby face yeah oh, that always works sure. i just happened to have and this is we were trained this way i happened to have a little bit of um gear that was in case i was baby face and i had Smart. some blue pants with white stars on them and i had an american flag and i draped it over my back um, it's all it takes. It, it, yep. It's all it took. And if you can't get behind the flag, then fuck you, honestly, yeah. right? And so. boy, did they buy it. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, and, and I even was astonished. Like, Frank was sitting right there, and I was like, here here goes, Frank. I'm going to try this. <laughs> I came out with the American flag. They lost their shit. Oh, yeah. Wow. And, and I was, like, walking like, oh, God, they're really doing – they're buying this? <laughs> I shouldn't say it like that, but I, and then it just, I was like, let's go. I guess I'm a baby face. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and um, Doc, who was a heritage champion at the time, also played it so well. He's a true professional. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he was stomping his feet. He was, you know, throwing a fit. Um, but just a, he's a great wrestler. He, he knows his size. He makes uh, a baby face look good. He, he flies around. Um, He's good for the business, is what I'm trying to say. Most definitely, for sure. So um, we had a great, fun match. That was the first time I ever tried my blockbuster finish off the top. Totally botched it. Mm. Mm. I missed him. Do you remember that, Gunner? I did not. No. I totally missed him, and it looked like just like a, I don't know, a, a swan, a senton where I hit him with my butthole, mm. and. Um, he sold it. We're not going back to the hygiene. Uh, so yeah, no, yeah, no, no. yeah, yeah. That was that. at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> but um, it, it, true professional, just super fun, and um, that was one of the only times I've been over and uh, and a babyface. So super fun. Awesome, love to hear it. So that is just a classic story, and probably once in a lifetime for Baxter Belfonte. Uh, so as we start to wind down here, um, Baxter, obviously. You've done a lot of cool stuff over the last year and a half. We've caught up on a ton of it since the last time you were here on the show. What's What do you have coming up? Like, What can we expect next from you? So, um, God, I should have the dates. We should have looked them up by now. Maybe uh, maybe Gunnar can look them up. But um, <laughs> my, my, my current schedule is limited. I'm going to be wrestling BCW for, for sure the next few months. September 10th. September 10th is the next show. So I think because I unfortunately lost to Ethan Matthews and I pissed about that, but that's a match I will post on my YouTube channel at Baxter Belafonte. Um, One of the hardest hitting matches I've had with a guy that's my same weight, 175 pounds. Um, It was a lot of emotion and a lot of just history there. Mm -hmm. So we beat the piss out of each other um so now that i think that that feud is over um i don't know what's next but with bcw being one of my favorite feds to work for my home fed that trained me um i can't wait to see what's next and we can either absolutely and baxter before we let you go here we like to do this thing on keep the kayfabe where we ask three questions to all of our guests we call it the three count you can't kick out of it either you gotta (laughs) answer them that is true so um we might have covered a little bit of it uh in the show already but the first question we have for you here is what has been your favorite match of all time that you've ever had Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> that was Gunnar Wick's uh, 
choking on some balls, but uh, it, <laughs> my favorite of all time. It's it's close, but it's probably the one we've been talking about. Um, me and Mav beating Gunnar Wicks for the heavyweight title uh, at BCW, and I'll tell you why. Not only because it was my first heavyweight title, but because there was so much history there. Not only me and Mav wanting to tag when he first started training, like we we thought we had something that could work, and then when we finally became the luxurious ones at ICW in Milwaukee, um, shout out to Dysfunction who put us together, us two and um, Ethan Matthews. When we finally became an established tag team, like we kind of had a thing going for a while, and we were like, "Well, we can we can do something with this." So um, when we finally, I guess, convinced BCW, it was kind of half their idea, half ours, that we could, uh, you know, make an intriguing story about being co-champions. There was so much emotion there and like storytelling there that um, it just made it so worth it and you know there was a lot of there was a lot of high spots and just like hard hitting big boots just it was a long time coming that we never thought would happen that it made it so worth it and there's there's a lot of like two or three other matches that are close to being that number one but that's it yeah and the heat we got from the crowd you guys Mm -hmm. were there oh yeah that heat i i thrive off that heat Mm -hmm. so um that's the reason I do it. It's it's for the fans. It's for the way it feels. Um, that's that's the one. Yeah, man. I mean, you said it too. Me and uh, Matt were there, and it was just like a great show too. It was that's it. Well booked, good momentum. They took a little break, gave the fans a chance to piss, get another drink. People were ready for this big match. I mean. You, it was an attraction. I mean, I said it earlier. I was it like, was. we weren't like I knew how good Gunner was. I, you're, I mean, you're one of my favorite local wrestlers and a great friend slash neighbor. So I'm there to support. I talked to my boy and he brought his fiance, maybe wife, depending on when this airs. That's but, right. Um, and she won the costume contest. She did. Oh yeah! By the so way, it's a sushi roll. Friend of the channel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Baxter Belafonte <laughs> uh, Halloween parties are off the hook. By the way, <laughs> um, but I mean, there was a buzz in the air that night, and it was the perf- It was a. It was such a great show. So it was just an amazing thing to uh, witness too. So well played, bros. All right. So second question that we have on the three count here is: What has been your favorite storyline that you've ever been involved with? It's probably the one that you just covered, right? Or is there something different? That is uh, definitely number one. But just for the sake of content, mm-hmm. um, at ICW when we first um, became the luxurious ones, we um, were on the trek to win the, the tag titles for our first time, mm-hmm. and we did. And it was against. Um, Caribbean Arrogance. I think at the time they were the Caribbean Connection, but it's uh, the team of Chuko and Jay Manny. And uh, they were also a, three, a threesome, whatever, uh, with uh, Rico De La Vega. But um, we ended up beating them, and we've trained with them, so they're like some of the bros too, and they're like a hot, hot tag team mm-hmm. for sure in the Midwest. Um, but uh, always put on bangers, so if, if – if there was a close second, it would be that. And, um, yeah, they're just a blast to work. My first tag team titles was uh, right there. Awesome. 
Very good. And third and final question of the three count. What's the best piece of advice you can offer someone who is on the fence about lacing up the boots for the first time and stepping into the squared circle? What do you wish to tell folks that are on the fence? How do they come correct when they come to be a professional wrestler? If you're on the fence, um, you're not going to make it. There you go. I, I hate to say it like that. and It's, it's facts. Like mm-hmm. you have to absolutely commit because when you first start training you have to prove yourself um whether you're an athlete that can just do all the drills that's that's great or you have to earn your keep by not only doing the drills and getting your ass beat and working security and i guess it's getting your ass beat you have to commit and if you don't commit the vets that you are wrestling are going to see that, mm-hmm. and they're not going to respect you. Mm-hmm. You have to earn your respect by grinding and um, getting your ass beat for a little bit, but also having creative and orig- original ideas that are different, that are going to make the show entertaining. Because if you if you train for a while and you get booked by a show, that means that they think you have enough to make the show entertaining. So if you're going to go out there all timid and scared and, like, not give it your all, like, give it your all. Like, just go for it. And if you fail, you fail. And most of us do early on. You fail, you make mistakes, you botch. If you stick with it and you have the right headspace and you commit, you can make it. God damn, that's inspiring. (laughs) That's awesome, Baxter. Dude, thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for the Baxter Belafonte swag, the White Claws. Make sure you go check this guy out. Follow him on YouTube. Follow him on Facebook. And do you have an Instagram? Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok even, which I'm learning. TikTok. Uh, It's all, um, besides YouTube, which is Baxter Belafonte, all of your... My socials are uh, at Baxter Wrestles. Awesome. So make sure you hit up those. Gunner, thanks for coming in and setting the story straight. Well, anytime. (laughs) Thanks for nothing, I guess. Awesome. Well, Baxter, (laughs) you know uh, you're welcome anytime. We want you to be like the Alec Baldwin of Keep the Kayfabe, like Alec Baldwin is on SNL. Ooh, or He's, Justin Timberlake. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's probably a better analogy. Uh, I'm, I'm bringing sense. sexy back. <laughs> <laughs> Always, man. All right, Baxter, you're the man. Thank you so much. All right, fellas, I got to go hit bar time. Um, yeah, fuck off. See ya. Peace. Well, we can't thank Baxter enough. I love having him on. We're going to have him on again soon. He is one of our favorites. Go check him out live. Brew City Wrestling is where he mostly wrestles, but... Follow him on Instagram, YouTube, at uh, at Baxter Belavante, and on Facebook as well. So, boys, that's pretty much going to do it here for our 100th episode. This has been a lot of fun. What are we going to do next year for our 200th episode when we start getting sponsored and we're getting some laminates and, you know, having our own tent at Crusher Fest? It's going to be it's gonna be huge. I'm hoping we can get MJF. <laughs> totally. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm already he like would, he would eviscerate us. Yeah. Oh God! I think at that point we might just stop podcasting because we yeah, don't, we'll ne- we're never going to top that. We would probably go viral in 
we would be like ever see a podcast turtle so quickly when talking to MJF that would probably be <laughs> me dude, dude sure. made fun of a, a kid in a wheelchair to his face imagine what he'd do to us we would have we would have to pay him big money for him to just come up and rip us rip us apart for more than five minutes probably like 10 grand an episode but hey we might have that budget coming up we'll see well boys let's uh let's close the book on this one it's been great um Please check us out once again on all the social media and all the podcasting that you share. And uh, just keep these three things in mind forever and always. Stay humble, stay hungry, and stay hard. Triple H. Then, now, forever.